0: So we're almost at the end of this little journey we've been on, okay? We're almost at the point where we're going to put into practice that which we've learned. I've been telling you about this challenge that is coming and I've had people say, "Uh, how hard is this gonna be? I've had people say, I'm not sure I can do this and they don't even know what's coming yet, all right? Believe me, the elders and I are praying on what it is that we need to challenge you with. With. the staff and i are, are are going back and forth on 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 what we want to to draw the people to do and what we want to empower the people to do i have i have asked and I have been asked, uh, uh, it's all about how you go about things. Sometimes you go about with demands. Sometimes you go about with calls. Sometimes you go about with stories and emotional draws. And I'm struggling through how to do this. And, and today's message, all right, is, is, is a, is a mark of that struggle. Okay. Because what we're going to talk about today is right there in the scripture. It's right in what we've been doing. And it's something no church member wants to hear. And not many preachers want to preach. Okay. Anybody got any idea what we're talking about today? Money. Okay. And nobody wants to hear that. And, and, and I get it. I don't want to preach on it. But I do. But I do. And early on in this message, you're going to, you're going to see why. Totally different approach to this. Here's where we've been focusing. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many signs and wonders performed by the apostles, and all the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had a need. Every day they continued to meet together in homes and in the temple courts with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of the people. And the Lord Added to their numbers daily. These people didn't have fancy kids ministry programs. They didn't have fancy youth ministry programs. They did not have fog machines or laser lights, all right? What they had were bearing one another's burdens, selling everything they had and giving it to those in need, fellowship, the apostles' teachings, the scriptures, prayer, communion, the things we've been walking through through. And today we are here. I don't know if we're here on the last week of this because I didn't want to do it, or I don't know if we're here because this is what God wants of us. I think that we're here because like I sent out in the email yesterday, a part of our generosity needs to be extended today uh, to our new worship pastor and his wife to to help them get there. So maybe that's what it was. I don't know. I don't know. But they sold property and possessions to give to anyone in need. Here's where we're going to go today. There will be no thou shalt tithe. There will be no, you're not good enough if you're not giving 10%. There will be no, hey, it has to be the first fruits or you're going to hell in a handbag. And there will be none of that. Okay? Listen, the title of today's message, The Blessings of Generosity. The blessings of generosity. Listen to me. Nobody wants or should preach a prosperity gospel. If you send me $10, I'm gonna send you a handkerchief dipped in the anointed oil of my spittle. And pretty soon you're gonna find $1,000 underneath your pillow. Ain't gonna happen, Captain. But at every point, God calls us to do something he bears down on his promises even to those who he knows are going to walk away right the rich young ruler go sell everything you have and give it to the poor comma and you will have treasure in heaven then follow me Wait, wait wait you want me to give up everything i have that's right And you want me to give up my prince prince royalty stuff? That's right. I'm going to give you treasures in heaven. Well, I can't see it now. I can't touch it now. I can't smell it now. And promises don't pay the bills. No problem. You either believe it or you do not. At this, the man's face fell and he went away sad because he had great wealth. The end, right? But when God says, hey, they, they got together and had fellowship. Yeah. And they prayed. Yeah. And, and they took communion. Yeah. And they just read the scripture. Yeah. And what happened? They were all in all AWE and God added to their number daily and they saw miracles. When they did what Jesus asked, they grew. They worshiped. We don't, we don't see poverty. We don't see, we don't see people doing life alone. We don't see suicides. We don't see drug issue. We don't, we don't see that. We see God prospering his people just, just like he said. The blessings of generosity. Listen to this phrase right here. This is the phrase I want you to key in on. Most of us think generosity is something God wants from us, but it is something he wants For us, let me say that again. That will be one of the best lines in the sermon today. Most of us believe that giving and generosity is something God wants from us. Couldn't be further from the truth. It is something He wants for us. Let me ask you a question: Do you think that the God of the universe? All right. Do you think that the God of the universe, when it came to the feeding of the five thousand, was 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 in need of bread? I mean, really, really, really. Do you think that Jesus was out by the Sea of Galilee going, I have no idea what I'm going to (laughs) do. I have no idea what I'm going to do. How am I supposed to feed these people if I don't have bread? He's God. Bread. Right? He's God. Fish. They could have had mahi-mahi. Lobster. Buffet. They could have had anything. Had nothing to do with what God needed had nothing to do with what God wanted or desired. God never desires or wants or needs for anything because he has everything. It was all about a little boy. It was all about a Levite lunchbox. Five pieces of bread and two fish. 25,000 people are fed. Had nothing to do with something God wanted from us and everything to do with what he wanted to do for us. The boy was fed and had more than he would have had. The people were fed and had more than they would have had. Giving is not about the taking away of. It's about the multiplication of. You can't do with a lunchbox what God can. You can't do with an offering what God can. You can't do, and we'll get to this later, with a grave what God can, with a cult what God can, but you can give it when He asks and watch what He does with it. Come on. First thing, first blessing of giving. Giving produces contentment. How do I know this? Because year after year with family after family and friend after friend and church member after church member, I find people on the hamster wheel trying to make more money, trying to do more things. And they say, hey, I just can't get caught up. Do you know what the first question out of my mouth is? Are you tithing? Well, no, I don't have it to tithe. Do you not have it because you don't tithe or do you not uh, have it? Which is it? Are you not tithing because you don't have it or are you not having it because you're not tithing? Giving produces contentment. It means you're no longer struggling or striving to, to, to reach a goal that is not attainable. It means you trust in God to do with what you have, what he can do that you cannot do. And in that, it's like knowing that God is pushing your sleep sl- uh, swing. It is, it is Jesus in the belly of the boat when the storm is going on with the disciples going, I don't have any idea what's going on. Jesus is asleep. Why? Because he understands God is in control. And the minute we grab hold of that, the minute we grab hold of that, there is a contentment that is found. There is a peace that is found. There is a guess what? I don't have to worry about it anymore. Because it's not mine to worry about. Giving brings contentment. Giving magnifies obedience. Do you know what, you know what a, a, a telescope or a microscope or a magnifying glass does? Does it create the thing? No. Does it change the thing? No. What does it do? It helps us to see it bigger, better, and more clearly. All right? That's exactly what giving does for your obedience. Hey, Craig, I believe in God. I, I listen to God. I, I, I do what God says. Do you? Because if you do, we would see it. It would be more clear to us. It would be uh, obvious to everyone around you. Giving magnifies obedience. It makes it visible. It makes it palpable. It is not talk. It is walk. That is a blessing of generosity, why? Because then those around you, the 5,000 people without lunch boxes and their women and their children are blessed too. It magnified that little boy's obedience, all right? How about this? Is this not a blessing? Would this not be a blessing to the church? Would this not be a blessing to your family? Would this not be a blessing to the world? Giving decreases selfishness and enhances selflessness. Anybody in the room wanna live in a more selfish world than we have today? Bueller, anybody wanna raise their hand up? I'd like to live in a more selfish world. I wouldn't. I want a selfless world. I want a more selfless world. I want a world where everybody is just taking care of everybody else. We're all being kind with our words. We're all being kind with our money. We're all being kind with our homes. We're all being kind with our food. That's the kind of world I want to live in. And when God says, all I want is 10 and we're willing to do that with no problem, guess what else you're willing to do? Whatever he asks. Because It decreases your selfishness, your um, self need to care and prepare, and me, and turns it to those around me. One of the blessings of generosity is it decreases selfishness, it clarifies purpose. It clarifies purpose. Do you know what that means? It means you know what you're doing. Do you know how many people wander around in this world, get to their o- o- old age, get into adulthood and go, what have I done with my life? What, what have I done with myself? What, what How have I made a difference? Giving clarifies purpose. It is, I know that there are girls in Ghana that need what I have. and I also know that it's three, four, hundred percent more there than it is here. So I can give twenty dollars and they can do80 dollars worth of stuff for 80 girls, or I can give twenty dollars and buy what? Three packs of soda to drink over the next four days. and instead of expanding the mission, we expand the waistline. What's your purpose? Couch potato, what's your purpose? Life change, giving clarifies purpose. You ever heard the phrase, put your money where your mouth is? I can tell you, I can tell all of you what the most important things in your life are. Hand me your checkbook and let me look through the register. Hand me your credit card bill and let me look at the statement. Give me one year and I will tell you what's most important in your life. Giving clarifies purpose. How about this? Same sentiment. Giving identifies treasure. This is Bible folks. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Giving identifies treasure, okay? It says, I have now purposed what is valuable to me, what means something to me. Well, Craig, you know, there's places that I give that aren't where my heart is. Well, then either stop giving there and or you actually don't know your heart because the Bible says that that's your heart, all right? Giving, identifies treasure and listen every one of you wants to know and wants to invest in and wants to, to 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 make positive the things that are powerful and the things that mean something to your heart okay giving allows for increase giving allows for increase here's what we here's what we here's what we do here's the world that we live in Get money, try to make some money, put it in the savings account, earn your one or 2%, try to get something more with it, try not to spend it. Let's not, let's not put out more than we bring in and let's tow that line, okay? That never works in Jesus's world. Never works in Jesus's world. In the world we, he created, there are 10, 15, 20 seeds inside a piece of fruit, right? That fruit goes to the ground, those 10 or 20 seeds give up their life, Give up their life, what they are, for what they can become. So they sacrifice what they are for what they can be. And then you get not a fruit, but hundreds, maybe thousands of fruits, which produce hundreds, maybe thousands of seed. That is why you said when the word is sown, it will produce a crop 30, 60, 100 fold. Giving allows for increase. Keeping demands decrease. The blessings of generosity are simple. When you throw it out, God's gonna make something of it. Ask the little boy. Giving allows for increase. Honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of your crops, when your barns will be filled to overflowing and your vats will brim with new wine. Do you hear what he says? If your first fruits come in and if... You give 10% of what you have, your barns will be filled to overflowing and your vats will brim over with new wine. Now, there are people in this room, here's what you say, here's what you say. I hear you, but I don't have any barns. But, yeah. Do you know what other people say? I don't have that much to give. Take yourself to the widow who had two mites, Two, two pennies, well, less than two pennies, but it's what she had, and she brought it to the altar and dropped all she had into the offering, and God did something incredible. I'm going to skip something because we need to say this now. This this needs to land. Giving writes us into the story of God. Listen to it again. Giving writes us into the story of God. Okay? Jesus is about to do the most incredible thing, come down off the mountain, come into Jerusalem, where the, where the uh, uh, amount of people has swelled to between one and 1. 1.5 million people. Then what does he do? Does he get a, a white horse? What does he do? Does he get an army? No. He sends somebody after a guy and says, hey, I need your donkey and the baby donkey. I need your donkey and your baby donkey. And again, God could have done whatever he wanted. I mean it when I say this. He could have ridden in on a Harley Davidson. You say, well, there were no Harley Davidsons back then. He's God. He is past, present, and future. He could have ridden in in a Tesla into Jerusalem in A.D. 30. If he'd have wanted to, no, he wanted a donkey. And guess what? The man gave the donkey. And guess what? That man's gift was magnified into the praise of the people. And an entire city rejoices and asks, who is that man? Because one guy gave one donkey and one baby donkey. One guy gave one donkey and one baby donkey. One kid gave five loaves and two fish. One woman gave two pennies. Giving writes us into the story of God. It makes us a part of everything that he was doing, will do, and can continue to do. You become a part of the life-giving of those near and far because in our hands, it is worthless. In His hands, it is infinite. You might look at this and go, that's a little bit of a stretch. It's actually not. It's actually literally an earth, a human, a scientific, and a spiritual fact. Giving brings life. I'm going to read you a story and I want you to listen. A natural story. In the Holy Land, fresh water comes from a brook, okay? Just a a brook. And that brook fills the Sea of Galilee. And the Sea of Galilee is full and brimming with life. That is why everyone in the scriptures found their place living around the Sea of Galilee and working near the Sea of Galilee because it was a water source. It was a food source. It was a life source. The brook gives and the sea has life. The sea gives, listen, the Sea of Galilee takes that water and gives it to the Jordan River. The Jordan River flows out of the Sea of Galilee and down through, oh yes, a desert, but in Jesus's hands, the famous river uses its water to turn the desert into a rose and make a land flowing with milk and honey just as he promised. And the Jordan River brings life all the way down until it hits the Dead Sea. Do you know what the Dead Sea does? Nothing. Why? Why? Because it keeps its water. And as it keeps its water, the saline count goes higher. As the saline count goes higher, the the, the well runs, the life well runs drier. And eventually, nothing lives. So let me say it again for the people in the front, the middle, and the back. Giving brings life. And without it, you fester in the salt. Please remember that multiplication requires sacrifice. When the donkey and the calf were given away, the man didn't know if he'd ever have his animals back, but he got more than his animals back. When the boy gave his food, he didn't know if he would eat that day. We don't know if his family needed to eat that day, but I'm guessing one of those 12 baskets had a whole lot of bread for him, his family, his family's family in it. Multiplication requires sacrifice. If a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains a single seed. But if it dies, it produces many seeds. John 12, 23 and a half and following. And giving provides for the body. Giving provides for the body. You know how I'm always talking about, it's got to be an individual thing and a group thing. It's got to be a church thing and an I thing, me and we, I and we. It's got to be both. It provides for the body. Giving provides life for you. Giving provides life for the body. If everybody is doing their part, guess what? Nobody is in need. And I stand by this. The leadership stands by this. The staff stands by this. It Well, three weeks from now, it will will be 10 years, okay? In 10 years, no member of this congregation that is consistently tithing, consistently serving, and consistently showing up, no member has ever asked for anything and been denied. Ever. And it will never happen. Why? Because that's what the body does. Everyone does their part. The body lives and each part flourishes because of it. These are the blessings of generosity. This is why the church was in all. These are the reasons God added to their number daily And listen to the last statement, and no one had a need. We live in a culture where everyone, the rich and the poor, are needy. But in God's church, in his body, many members, one body, many parts, one body, in his body, with him as the head, no one is in need spiritually emotionally physically financially no one is in need why because we bear one another's burdens why because we fellowship and we know why because we give and we share these are the blessings of generosity let's pray God, don't call us to serve, make us generous with our time. God, don't call us to give, make us generous with our finances. God, don't call us to love, make us generous with our hearts. Let us show an overflow of humble love to our spouse. Let us show an overflow of humble love to our families. God, make us generous. With our gifts, with our time, with ourselves. And you will blow our minds with the miracles that you will provide for us beyond what we could ever ask for or imagine. We will never outgive, we will never outlove, we will never outserve, and we will never outsacrifice you. God, make me generous in Jesus' name and amen.